for you. Thank you, music department. It's actually a very good setup for where we're going today. He did it just for you, and he did it just for me. I want to welcome you out to Linked Up Church on this daylight savings morning. I can tell a lot of people are still, uh, what's a good way to say that? Saving the daylight, I guess, and getting good sleep. Uh, and so I'm sure we'll see them at the second service, but you all pressed your way out this morning. And uh, if you're watching online today, I want to welcome you, whatever platform you're watching us on. Uh, the best way to follow along today is uh, right in your YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the U, uh, event section and look up Linked Up Church, and then the outline is right there. Of course, we're going to say more than what's on the outline, so there's a portion there that will allow you to take notes uh, and just continue uh, to add information and revelation as God gives it to you right there. Uh, today is step two, and so if you're uh, desiring to uh, join Linked Up Church and you want to take step two today, it will be offered in between services today. It's really about church membership, and so if you haven't done that uh, up to this point, today is your day to secure your membership right here at Linked Up Church. And I just want to check my audience today. God is good. Yeah. Maybe I need to say it a different way. Man, listen, God is supercalifragilistic. He's just all of that and some. We need to try to create a word for just how good God is. Has he been good to anyone in this building? I promise you he's been better than, than the praise you just gave him. If you'll just think about just waking up this morning. Come on, a lot of people didn't wake up this morning. If you just think about you're not in a hospital right now. You're in church giving God praise and glory. God has been good, good, good to us because he is just a good, good father. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to minister on the subject of victory. And I want to encourage everyone's heart in here today. Even if it looks like you're losing right now, you're winning. That's good news for somebody in here. I'm talking about it may look like everything is going wrong, and I'm actually telling you it's going right. It may look like it's all falling apart, but I, I want to encourage your heart today. It's actually all coming together because God has guaranteed us victory. Not only did he guarantee it, he secured it for us. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look at uh, verse 57 as a foundation text. We know the entire chapter uh, of 1 Corinthians uh, 15, Paul is really addressing the significance of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and everything that it secured for us. And he's saying if that event didn't happen, then our preaching is in vain, our faith is in vain, we're all still in our sins. You know, everything we're doing is just a waste of time. Singing these songs today, having a service today is all a waste of time if he did not die, be buried, 
be raised from the grave and is alive today. Everything we're doing is in vain. But folks, I'm telling you, everything that we're doing is not in vain because Jesus is alive. Verse 57 says, but thanks be to God. Somebody ought to just take a few seconds and just give God thanks right now for, for everything that he's done for you. Come on, God's been good to us and you have so much to be thankful for. But I want to go real slow today. This word thanks here, I just never looked it up. Yesterday, I tried to look up every single word of everything that I would share today. Because how many know the word of God is always giving fresh revelation? This word thanks here is the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And it's where we get the word grace from. So if you understand what he's saying here, We give thanks to God because he's good, he's gracious, he's kind, he's benevolent, and everything that we have is a result of how good he is, not how good we are. Right? So it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Notice, you can't give yourself the victory. And even when you get the victory, you shouldn't give yourself credit for it. You ought to stop for a moment and say, you know what? God brought me through this situation. And I stand in the victory that I stand in here, not because I'm great or because I did everything right, but because he's great and he did everything right. And I want to give him all the glory for giving me the victory because the victory, folks, is a gift to you. It's not something that you can earn. It's simply something that you receive. Folks, I'm so thankful for every gift of victory that God has brought into my life. The moment I think it's because I've been saved for 28 years. Come on, somebody. The moment I, I add anything about me to it, I discredit all the work that he did. So he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Somebody ought to just thank God that he's given you the victory. I don't care what you're going through right now. Sickness can be in your body right now, and I'm telling you, you have victory over it. I'm trying to help somebody early in the service today. I'm telling you, you could have lost your job last week, and I'm telling you, there's a better job waiting for you right now. If you just open your heart and your eyes to to see what God is doing in your life, you will see that he knew about it before it ever happened and already had victory lined up for you on the other side of it. If you'll just stay with him through whatever it is that you're going through. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. And then it tells us how that victory comes. This is the channel. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Now, you'll notice it uses the word Lord before Jesus Christ. And so, if we'll back up, we'll understand that his grace came to us through Jesus, right? And any area of our lives that we'll make Jesus Lord, then he already has given us the victory. See, a lot of times we want him as Savior. So, in other words, fire insurance, right? If we die, we know we go to heaven, but we don't want to make him Lord over every area of our lives. But wherever you make him Lord, you already have the victory. So if you want victory in your marriage, then make him the Lord of your marriage. 
The word Lord is a Greek word, kurios, which means supreme in authority, which means we don't make the final decision here. His word makes the final decision about how we conduct ourselves in this marriage. So if he hates divorce, come on, somebody. Right? If he hates adultery, guess what we hate? Right? If we make him, see, a lot of times we want blessings in our finances. But we don't want to make him the Lord of our finances. Right? We want to tip him and give him what we want instead of what he demands. Come on, church. Don't leave me out here by myself. Right? A lot of times we want to walk in divine health. Divine health has a, a, a diet to it. It has an eating. It's a lifestyle. Right? And if he's going to be Lord then I've got to love what he loves and what he desires and what he says is best for my body more than what I think is best for my body. I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens on that one right there. So I'm like, no, no, not on that one. I'm eating what I want to eat, right? So as Christians, we are entering what I believe is the most triumphant and victorious season in the history of mankind. And that is the resurrection season. There's no other event in our lives as believers that signifies we have victory more so than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the season Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he gave all of us a sense of immortality. Of course, we're enjoying all of the the Marvel comics, movies, and all of the things that are coming out. We're enjoying them because we're watching people who we thought died, come back to life. And folks, it's really in our spirit that we're identifying that that is our process as well. We don't die. We multiply. (laughs) Come on, somebody. And I think that's why we get so intrigued by these movies, because we can literally identify with looking like we died, but we're coming back to life again. As we celebrate this great and significant event that took place over 2,000 years ago, my goal is to focus our hearts in this message on the victory that Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. Folks, we cannot let that be in vain in our lives. We must walk in everything that he provided through that death, burial, and resurrection. And we're only going to look at three points over the next three weeks And then we'll do the uh, conclusion during our uh, special service on Resurrection Sunday. Number one today, let's look at the death and sufferings of Jesus. What I want to make plain, I only want to get one point out today. What I want to make plain is if someone suffered for, for you, they did that so that you would never have to suffer. Are you listening? I really want that to get in your spirit today. That what he went through was so that you would never have to go through it. Is everyone listening out here? And and I think it'll be real clear to you today. So before we can really appreciate the victory that we have in Jesus Christ because of his resurrection, let's take an attempt today to just fully comprehend the suffering that he went through prior to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Of course, Matthew gives a a wonderful depiction in Matthew chapter 26 and 27. I'll give a synopsis of it today, 
but really, I want to look at Isaiah's account because Isaiah lived, some uh, commentary said, hundreds of years before Jesus appeared on the earth. Others said about a thousand years before Jesus appeared on the earth. So he's literally, literally prophesying about what Jesus will go through. And it is so accurate that if you compare it to Matthew 26 and 27, there's absolutely nothing missing from what he said. So, what happened in Matthew 26 and 27? And if we're identifying, I mean, if we're going to identify with Jesus, most of us are going to go through the same things that he went through, right? And how the Father taught Jesus obedience was through the things that he suffered. So I want to encourage all Christians, all suffering is not bad. Some suffering is good, and we all need a little bit of it in our lives. No amens on that one right there. And so six things here that I pulled from chapters 26 and 27. I'm just going to give you a synopsis. He was betrayed by one of his disciples. Anyone in here ever been betrayed before? Just a part of life, right? He was betrayed by one of his disciples. He suffered, number two, he suffered an agonizing night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Anybody in here just had one of those nights where you said, God, if you just help me sleep through the night and wake up in the morning, right? Anybody ever been there before? We've all had those moments where we've just had tough nights. He watched as one of, number three, watched as one of his most beloved and loyal disciples denied him three times. You ever had someone in your life that you thought this was my, my man, this is my girl, this is my ace, boom, cool. You ever had them in a moment of pressure? just turn their back on you? Anybody ever been there before? Sometimes that's a good thing, folks. I believe God allows it sometimes so that you can see at the end of the day, he's the only one that doesn't change. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Come on, all of us need a fresh revelation that at the end of the day, God is the only constant in our lives that we can depend on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We know that was Peter in his life. Number four, he faced the Sanhedrin where the chief priests and elders rejected his testimony. Anybody knew 100% that you were telling the truth and nobody believed you? Anybody ever been there before? I mean, that's a good place to be because then God gets to come in and vindicate you. Number five, he endured the crucifixion and the nailing to the cross. Thank God none of us have ever had to go through that. Number six, the greatest price he probably paid was that of being rejected for a time by his own heavenly father when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we know that that was the moment that he was taking our sin and placing it on his son. And the reality was he couldn't bear to look at it because our sin is just that ugly. Let's go look at the book of Isaiah. Now, it's not in your outline, but I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 52, and then we'll work our way to 53. Isaiah chapter 52, and let's begin at verse 13. Isaiah chapter 52, let's begin at verse 13. I thank God that I have the victory today over every area of my life. And I thank God that you have the victory today over every area of your life. 
Look at verse 13 in Isaiah chapter 52. He says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled, and he shall be very high. And as many were astonished, which means literally they were devastated, it means to grow numb, and it means to be amazed at thee and at thy or his visage. So in other words, people were stunned when they saw his appearance because he was beaten so bad. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and I've seen some beatdowns in my day. But I've never seen anyone so beaten that I didn't recognize them. What he's saying here is these people were stunned when they saw his visage. He was so marred, the word marred here literally means he was corrupted and disfigured. He was so disfigured, listen to this, more than any other man. So in other words, there was never a man before him that was beaten this bad, and there's never been a man after him that has ever been beaten this bad. And folks, he did this for you. Somebody right there just should lift their hand and say thank you. And again, I've seen, anybody else in here, I've seen some beatdowns in my day. As a matter of fact, I've been a part of a few of those. I took a few of those. I can remember coming home and my mom had locked the door and I rang the doorbell and she came to the door and she said, how may I help you? My son's not home. And I said, mom. And it wasn't until she recognized my voice that she realized it was me standing there. And she rushed me to the hospital. What happened to you? And I told her, you know, about seven, I'm like 12, 13, about seven guys, 18, it seemed like they were grown men, jumped on. Of course, at that age, you think you're invincible, but I'll be back, mama. Don't worry. We'll get them back. <laughs> She's like, boy, <laughs> if that's getting them back, what I see, you better leave them boys alone, whoever did that. But my point is, he took a real beating, folks, a beating like no other man before him and like no other man after him. It says, in his form, more than the sons of men. So literally, one translation said here, you can take every beating that every person has ever taken, and it will not compare to the one beaten. It won't compare to the one beaten that he took. Verse 15 says, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Of course, uh, the analogy here is that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle the blood for the sins of so many people. What he's literally saying here is that his blood, blood, that was poured out on that cross would be sprinkled for many nations and for many kings. I thank God that blood was sprinkled for me. Glory to God. He says here, kings shall shut their mouths at him for that which has not been told. Then they shall see that which they had not heard and they shall consider. Chapter 53, verse 1. Who have believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord, arm always represents his power and his strength. How many know he was demonstrating to the world how strong he is through his death, burial, and resurrection? Verse, 50, verse 2 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, he have no form nor comeliness. And, we, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that should desire him. 
He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs. Now, this word born here means to accept. It means to carry. It means to magnify. It means to receive. It literally means to take up or to take away. So he bore or he took up or he carried our griefs. Griefs here is translated as calamity, diseases, or sicknesses. And so, folks, how many know we all have had moments and seasons in our lives where we had a lot to grieve about? As I think over my life, the thing that probably was the most difficult for me was the transition of my mother. There's no one that I loved more than my mother on earth. I mean, that's just, that was my heart. And how many know that was a tough season for me of grieving? But if you'll even understand, which I didn't have a full revelation of, obviously, at that time, if you'll even understand during those times, he took that grieving for you. And he literally told you not to grieve as others who have no hope. Here's the reality, folks. My mother was a born-again believer. She's in my future. She's not just in my past. And I'd rather live eternity with her than just the 63 years that I had with her on earth. And it's something about when you get a revelation, even grieving folks will never be the same again. He said he literally carried that for you. He said that he has borne our griefs, and I love this, and he's carried our sorrows. Sorrows is translated as affliction. It's translated as pain. It's translated again as sorrow. You know, anyone in here been deeply disappointed? Right? All of us have. I want you to know he even took that. And as I'm maturing and growing in life, each time he's teaching me that I'm wasting time and effort going through sorrow because he's actually already brought me out of it. And I've got to learn how to stay up. Come on, somebody. And, and just stay rejoiceful and give God the glory, right, while I'm going through it because he brings me out the same way every time. And I always go back and ask myself, why did I let myself go through that in the first place? Folks, you all won't even know just about 12 days ago, we hit a little bump in the road with this building. And all it has to do with, in my opinion, all it has to do with is the age of our church is four years old and really me as the leader. And I'll just leave it at that. There's no way a church of our age should be doing what we're doing as fast as we're doing it. And so they're making us jump through loophole after loophole after loophole. About 10 days ago, 12 days ago, I'm ready to just say, you know what? Just put it on pause. We'll build it in 2019. Seriously. How many days went by after that? Four days went by after that. And God gave us the best. It was better than all of the four rejections prior to that. Matter of fact, you can take all the four rejections and they won't keep, compare to the one yes and victory on the other side. And I wasted all that time. Come on, somebody. 
Come on, I should have been sleeping good. Come on, somebody. I, I should have been rejoicing, giving God the glory. Come on, somebody. Because he already carried that for me. Just like he's already carried your disappointment for you. And if you'll just take a moment to realize how good he is, you're going to see he's going to bring you out far greater than whatever it is you're going through right now. Matter of fact, I declare that he's already brought you out of it. And why don't you just give him a five-second down payment on it right now? I don't know why I even, I don't even know why I thought about writing a letter and, and, and moving it back. That's not what God said. God said we're going in the summer of 2018. But it's just like the enemy to throw obstacles. Distractions. So I want you to know he's carried that for you. Somebody thank God for that. And we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. The word wounded here means to dissolve. Oh, man, this is amazing here. It literally means to bust like a grape. It literally means to slay or to be slain or to wound for our transgressions. He did nothing wrong. Transgressions here is translated as moral failures, a revolt, rebellion, transgression to sin. I don't know about you folks, but he was loving me when I wasn't even thinking about him. Come on, we've all had moments where we just turned our back and we were out in the world just doing anything we thought we were big and bad enough to do. And God said, that's still worth being beaten for. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This word bruised here means to crumble, to beat or to break into pieces. It means to destroy or crush to oppress or to smite for our iniquities. Iniquities here is translated as faults, mischief, punishment, also as sin. The chastisement, this word chastisement, I don't know why I didn't look this up before, but the correction or the reproof, how I many know all of what we've done wrong needed to be disciplined? Right? How many parents do I have in here? You want the discipline, right, to fit, or the punishment to fit the rebellion. Right? Whatever level that is, you want that child to understand based off of the chastisement or the correction or the reproof or the discipline that you're being disciplined at this level because that's the level that you rebelled. Right? And I want you all to know, folks, if you take just what I've done wrong up to the age of 22, he, he went to the cross enough just for one person. <laughs> Anybody else in here know I, I, was, I was I the only one? And, folks, in this room, it's only about three or four hundred of us. And he took the weight of the whole world. That's amazing to me. This word chastisement here means 
correction, discipline, instruction, rebuke, because it had to be punished. And so that correction and that reproof and that discipline was for our peace. This word peace here means shalom. And it was for our welfare, for our health, for our prosperity, so that we could walk in favor, so that we could have good health, so that we could prosper in every area of our lives, so that we could be made well, and so that we could be made whole. So he chastised his son so that we could have peace. Folks, that is not fair, but I will take that all day long. Just He put his son through that so that I could live in shalom all the days of my life. So he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the correction and the discipline of our shalom was put on him. And with his stripes, this word stripes here means to will, to be made black or blue, to black and blue mark itself, to hurt, to stripe. So with his stripes, we are healed. Literally repaired and made whole. Of course, Isaiah's looking at the cross. We're living after the cross. I want to throw something out here today if you have the faith to receive it. You can live every day of your life free from sickness and disease. I have four people that receive that. I'm, listen to me. That's a serious price to pay. And you ought to see anytime sickness or disease tries to get to your body, you should see it as an act of the devil. Watch this. And a work that's been completely destroyed and the price has been 100% paid so that you don't have to ever have that. Somebody ought to just right now, if you have sickness or disease in your body, just thank God right now that this healing power is flowing through your body from the crown of your head to the very soles of your feet. Hallelujah. Declare that I am healed and made whole in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, by his stripes, I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed. Thank God for it right now. Come on, thank, go ahead. Sincerely thank God for it right now. And it might not be physical sickness. How I many know there are a lot of people that are mentally sick and they need healing? He paid the price for that as well. All of us in verse 6 here, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned every one of us at one point or another to our own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. And I love this. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for three days and three nights. He was in hell 
for the transgression of his people. Folks, he went to hell so that we would never have to spend a day in that place, that horrible place. And if he did nothing else for me, saving me from hell is more than enough, glory to God. Hell is a real place. Don't let people lie to you. People are living their lives as if hell is not a real place. Hell is just as real as heaven. And he went there so that we would never have to see it. I don't know about you. I'm thankful for that today. Thank God he gave me victory over hell. He was cut off from the land of the living, and the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich his death, because he had done no violence, and neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Now, of course, for years, and I just want to throw this out here, for years, it's always been thought that the Jews killed Jesus, right or wrong. I want to submit something different to you today. God killed Jesus. Jesus even said it himself, no man takes my life. He said, if I wanted to, I could call a legion of angels. Is that not what he said? Jesus said, no man takes my life. Listen to what he said. I lay it down. Now, I have a son. I'm not giving him for anybody. I have a daughter. You all don't know this, but like yesterday, she said it would be two more months, Dad, and I'll graduate from high school. I didn't let her see me. I started crying because what I heard was, and I'm going away to college. And it's not that I'm afraid to let her go away to college. I don't want to lose my baby. Not lose her in the sense of, you all understand what I'm saying. I'm not losing her. I just like having her at home. And every day that goes by, George, I get more emotional. Pray for me. Matter of fact, take a few moments right now and just stretch your hands towards me. I already told her she's going to look up. I'm going to be in the dorm room right next to hers. I just love my baby. I don't know how to describe that. And I couldn't imagine giving her for people who cared nothing about her. Or giving him for people who cared nothing about him. You're getting a picture of what he's doing here. So, so let's keep reading here, and I'll prove what I just said. This was the will of the Father here. What verse did we leave off at? So he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Watch this now. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The word bruise here means to crumble to beat him to pieces, to destroy and to smite him. It literally pleased the father to have his own son broken in pieces because he was seeing past his son 
and seeing your face and seeing my face. That's why that song was so appropriate today. And I truly believe with all of my heart he would have did it if we were the only ones on the earth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. My God. Why did he do that? God is the first one that initiated seed, time, and harvest. Right? It's like anything else. If you expect a harvest, you first have to do what? Sow a seed. Right? And so the father was seeing his son as a seed that would produce many other millions of seeds. I thank God I'm in that number. Glory to God. And so when you read that it pleased the father to, to destroy and to beat and to smite his son was because he could look beyond that and see all of our faces that would come to know him. So he saw millions of children as a result of the seed of his son. And I'm thankful for that today, folks. You know, I didn't grow up with a natural father, but somehow I'm able to translate what God did for me as my real father loving me that much and doing it for me. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Watch this. Thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. See, he saw Jesus as seed. And I don't know about you, Father, that's probably the only way he could have done something like that was because he knew he had to be planted. Come on, somebody. Right? Because all seed has to be what? He's planted in the earth for three days and three nights. Right? Hell was having a party. Then on Sunday morning, when he got up, folks, how many of you know he secured the victory? for every single one of us, glory to God, and gave us right and privilege to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. There's no greater title, honor you can bestow upon me than a son of God. I'd rather have that than pastor, husband, come on somebody, father, I'd rather be a son of God than anything else in the earth. And so the father saw his son as seed. And he literally said here, he poured out his soul as an offering. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Folks, we have been declared righteous not because of anything that we've done but because of everything that he did. There's no greater force on earth than, be, than to be made righteous by the blood of Jesus. I thank God, folks, I am right now the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. There's nothing I did to earn that. All I can simply do is receive it and thank God for making me the righteousness of God. See, he saw many being justified through that one act. And folks, that is the most liberating because I've done a lot of bad things in my life. But it's something about knowing that I've been free, I've been forgiven. Come on, somebody. It's not a part of my future. God doesn't look at me based off of what I've done wrong in the past. He simply looks at what his son did and gives me all the credit for it. Folks, that is not fair, but I will take it all day, every day. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I, that just, there's no greater, I get so much self-esteem from that, knowing that I'm right with God. Anybody in here thankful that you're right with God? And listen, folks, because you didn't do anything to earn it, Only thing you can do to lose that is reject Jesus. Folks, sin will never take your righteousness from you. When we get a little further into this message, you're going to clearly see you don't have sin. That's going to be a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow. If you have it, it's because you still believe you have it. But it's actually been completely removed. And this will be revelation for some of you all. It's not even a part of the process and how he deals with us and we deal with him. Doesn't even come into the equation because he put it all on this cross. That's a wonderful gift right there all by itself. When you see a person, a believer struggling with sin today, it's because they don't have revelation that they have been delivered from it. They don't know that they don't have it anymore. You can't struggle with something that you don't have. If I'm struggling with it, it's because I believe I still have it. A lot of that's connected to how we think and what we say out of our mouths. Right? Right? So that's why you never want to say, you know, I do good in these areas, but I still struggle in these areas. What you want to say is I do good in all these areas. What will follow is your behavior. If you think you struggle, you struggle. Let's go ahead and close this out for today. He shall see the travail of his son, shall be satisfied by his knowledge, shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall carry or bear their iniquities. And folks, this right here just lit me up. In the Old Testament, anytime a king would conquer an enemy army, how I many you know part of that conquering quest was to take all of the spoils from that victory? Boy, you're rich. You just don't know it. I'm serious. You are loaded. You have the ability right now to pay cash for houses, cars. You just don't know what's been left for you. But that'll be my job to make sure you do know. And I'm going to tell you what most people do. They look at their paycheck. 
and they say, I can't afford that. Let me tell you what's wrong with that thinking. If it's based on you, it's a whole lot you can't do. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to jump off the boat these next three weeks. I want you to think about it. Salvation, there was nothing in your bank account that could earn that. And that's the most expensive gift you've ever received. Everything else is lower than that. Let this journey, when I was studying this last night, let this journey minister to you. You know, four years ago, I probably went through, everybody knows that. I mean, it was a tough season in my life. There's something about, though, as I was meditating this, because it was always there. So I really didn't have to go through nothing because we were going to get here anyway. So I could have danced, shouted, come on, somebody, worked out, went to the gym, Went to dinner. I could have just lived my normal life and we would have still ended up here. I put myself through that because of wrong thinking. This is getting ready to help a whole lot of people. Nothing, trust me, folks, nothing I did that was going to change the outcome. All of that was to make me feel better about what I was going through. It's tough. No, what he went through was tough. That wasn't nothing. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody out here saying amen. See how we get this all messed up? Ah, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. What? Compared to what? Because I didn't see you get broken pieces. Come on, somebody. I haven't seen you get beaten to the point where nobody recognizes you. This will be revelation for somebody in here. Everything I went through, I did to myself. He did none of it to me. And I was going to end up here, actually would have probably got here faster had I got myself together faster. Come on, you're missing something here. And all that was was making that about me instead of making it about him. Watch this. What the Lord showed me last night, in four years, he graced us to be able to build better than what we lost. Come on, somebody ought to shout glory in this place. And I want you to listen to me, folks. It's the fault of your leader that it took four years. Because I was in my feelings instead of in the word. So she says, so how long are you going to hang out there? Uh, you, you see, so you let that fly right over your head. How long are you going to hang out there before you walk in the fullness of everything he's already provided for you? I'm sure you haven't learned my full lesson yet because 12 days ago, I'm ready to write a letter. He said, clown, I already took care of that. And the way I took care of it was far greater than the four rejections. See, a lot of times you don't understand rejection is actually God's protection. You all in your feelings and you don't realize on the other side of that rejection was the dream. (laughs) 
Why did this happen? Ah, I, ah, why did this? We did. Ah, it's all about you. It's not about him. See, and this whole event really is about something looking like the way it really is. That death, burial, resurrection was an event for three days where people were partying. Come on, folks. Hell was lit. <laughs> Until the energizer buddy came on that third day. Come on, someone. And he started snatching them and making an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. You know what the Lord told me when we get to that part of the story? I don't know if you all are ready for this. Can I even say this? God wants to deliver you in the same areas where Satan tried to destroy you. And if I was in that building right now, I would drop this iPad and just take off running out to James Hardy Parkway up to Hiram and be back in the service for the altar call. Did you hear what I just said? That imagery there, Jesus is in hell when he's grabbing all of them. Same areas that Satan tried to destroy you. God wants to deliver you in that same area. So don't always pray to get out of it so fast. Let God give you victory right in the midst of it. So that the people that were having a party for three days that thought you were down, they also get to see you get back up. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. I, I need, I just need, I need somebody to give God some glory in this place today. Come on, because your getting up is not even about them, and it's not even about you. It's about giving God the glory for his ability to deliver you when everybody else thought that you were down. Glory to God. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the strong. Guess who the great and the strong are? We are, folks. Anyone that will identify with Jesus Christ, God considers them great. And God considers them strong, and he's saying that everything that I provided for my son, you naturally inherit because you believe and receive my son. And I'm just going to close. And he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and he made intercessions for the transgressors. Folks, his intercessory ministry started right there on the cross. You remember on the cross uh, in Luke chapter 24 when he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Right? Then after his death, burial, and resurrection, according to Hebrews chapter 9, how I many you know now he's our high priest who ever lives to make intercessions for us? So, folks, how can we lose when you have Jesus himself? standing in the gap for you. If you don't know, if he's praying for you, folks, if you don't know that you're going to come out victorious, I pray that he gives you a revelation today. 
that when your great high priest is Jesus himself, who has been through everything that you are going through and will ever go through, he knows how to pray you all the way through to victory on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just thank God for the victory right now. Come on, go ahead. Thank God in advance for the victory. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank God for the victory today over every area of your life. I don't care. I don't know what you're going through. I just want you to lift up your hands, lift up your heart, open up your mouth, and give God glory for the victory that he's already provided for you. Father, I repent for every time I got in myself. I made it about me and what I was going through. When all of that was nothing compared to what you went through for me. Father, I repent that I I delayed this church for four years, Father. Oh, but your grace has been more than sufficient, Father. And you're growing me up right through it, Father. Helping me to see that you had already provided all of these things for me. And Father, I give you the glory for the victory and that you've already provided spirit, soul, and body, Father. And Father, I'm counting the days down, five months or less, Father, that we'll walk into what you had already provided before any of these events ever took place, Father. And I thank you that you've divided the spoils, Father, to your children. And we always have more than what we will ever need, Father. You've already supernaturally provided in every area of our lives, as we'll see so clearly, Father. So we give you the glory for your son's suffering. And through that suffering, providing us the victory in every area of our lives. While you're in an attitude of prayer today, won't you receive the suffering that the son went through for you today? Receive it by faith. One of the greatest ways that you receive it is to, to receive it is to get a revelation that everything I'm going through, I don't have to go through if I'll just receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Come on, don't waste years trying to do life on your own when he's already done life for you and all you've got to do is cooperate with him. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never accepted him as your Savior and made him Lord, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I've turned my back. I've gone astray. Let me tell you, the Father doesn't love you any less because you did that. He actually loves you even more. And he's waiting on you with open arms. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You're saying today, Pastor, I need to repent. And I just want to get my my heart back right. And I want to come back to Christ today. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, if you're born again, but you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues, you want to learn more about that gift today, I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, we believe every sheep needs a shepherd. Linked Up Church is a growing church. The leader is growing. We believe God has great things in our future. One thing that I can promise you is we will pray for you every single day of our lives, my wife, the staff. Every time you come in this building, we'll make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to come back to Christ. You want to be baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. 
you want to join Linked Up Church, I want to pray for you today, but I only know that you desire my prayers by the lifting up of your hand. So if you would, right where you're standing right now, would you go ahead and shoot your hand up in the air if you desire prayer? Lift it up, keep it up as high as you possibly can. Go ahead, lift it up, keep it up. I see you there, young fella. You're okay. God bless you. Any, anyone else? You say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I see that hand. Pastor, I want to come back to Christ. Pastor, I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to learn more about that gift. Pastor, I want to be planted. I believe this is where God wants me to join. I want to join today. If you didn't raise your hand that first time, but in your heart you know you should have, would you go ahead and lift it up now? God's presenting another window of opportunity for you. Go ahead, lift it up. Keep it up as high as you possibly can. Is there anyone else like that? Lift it up. Keep it up as high as you can. All right, do me one more favor if you raised your hand the first time, second time, or didn't, but in your heart you still believed you should have. Would you gather up all of your personal belongings, step into the nearest highway, come meet me right down here at the front. Congregation, give them a big round of applause as they come. Come on down now in Jesus' name.